Before we begin, I'd like to just pray over the service. So, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you once more, Lord. Uh, we thank you for your greatness and who you are. And Lord, as we continue our series this uh, this week, Small Faith, Lord, I just pray that the word you've given us as a church, Lord, that we receive it and we, and we apply it to our lives, Lord. I love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning again, Liberty, and I'm so excited for this message. I just want to warn you, if you see me spit, I spit last service a little bit. Don't worry about it. Uh, Brother Rod, if you don't know who he is, look him up. He called it Holy Spit, so it's just some Holy Spit. So, <laughs> just a warning. All right, amen. So, three weeks ago, we gave you a mustard packet. Who has the mustard packet? Peyton does, and Becky has it. All right. So, this right here, three weeks ago, we gave you this right here. So we want to put this bag of mustard into your hand to remind you that you already have everything you need to live the life God has for you. Now I'm not saying the life God has for you is inside the mustard bag. This is a bigger speech. Alright, so everything that you need to live God's life is in the mustard bag. And the reason we give you a mustard bag is because it resembles a mustard seed and this is bigger than a mustard seed. It's easier to hold on to. So, <laughs> anyway. All right, so let's just dive in. So small faith, let's just recap some. So small faith is a shift in our thinking. All right, so small faith is a shift in our thinking. It moves us from disqualified to qualified. Small faith qualifies us to live the life God has for us. Let's read our foundational scripture. Matthew 17, chapter 17, verse 19 through 20. Now, and let me just give a backstory a little bit. The disciples are here, and they're trying to pull out a demon out of, they're out of, pull out a demon out of somebody, and they can't do it. So this is where the scripture picks up. The disciples came to Jesus probably and said, why do we not cast it out? So Jesus, verse 20, said to them, because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, you would say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing, once you say this, and nothing, nothing, will be impossible, say will be impossible, for you. So, and nothing will be impossible for you. So Jesus, what he did not say, Jesus didn't say we need big faith. Jesus didn't say, you can't, you can't cast them out when your faith ain't big enough. Did Jesus say that? No. He did not say that they need big faith. He said small faith, mustard seed faith, was enough to move mountains. And nothing would be impossible to us. So we have to shift our thinking. We have to shift our thinking. How many times have we said or heard somebody say, if I just had more faith, if I just have more faith, I know I said it. Have y'all ever said it? Well, God, I'm believing for this miracle, but you know, I just I just need more. I just need more faith. If I had more faith, this would happen. You ever, you ever thought that way? I just need a bigger scale of faith. I just need more faith, and then, then this will happen. Well, we don't need more faith. We just need small faith. We're going to dive in and talk more about that. Now here's the cool thing. I want you to get this. God 
never asked us to do the impossible. God never asked us to do the impossible. But he does ask us to believe small faith, the impossible is possible. So when Jesus said, going back to say to this mountain, did Jesus tell us, hey, I want you to move the mountain and it will be moved? No. God, or Jesus said, say to this mountain and it will be moved. God never said for us to do the impossible. He just tells us to say it. And we're going to dive into that more. So God is to do the impossible, not us. So Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith expects the good. Faith expects the good, which is hope, right? Hope. God gives us promises and he gives us his word and faith expects his word to be true and faith hopes for it to be true. But faith also sees what God says as reality. Faith releases a spirit of expectation and faith releases spiritual vision that sees what God says. So the first new point this week is you don't have to do the impossible. You do not have to do the impossible. You just have to believe God can. That's it. You just have to believe God can. Small faith removes you from the equation and places the weight upon God. Small faith removes you from the <laughs> equation. So when you look at the promises of God, you look at what God says you can do, you look at what God says can happen. You look at what God says as possible. And you filter that through our abilities. You say, well, God says I can heal the sick. And then you look at your abilities. You filter that through your abilities. We don't believe the impossible is possible. We can look at it through our abilities. Does that make sense? So, God says you can heal the sick. If you look at this, I can't heal the sick. Me personally, I can't handle sin. No. So we filter that and we put ourselves in the equation. But when we look at the promise through the filter of God's significance, then we believe all things are possible. We disqualify ourselves based on our abilities instead of being qualified based on His significance. Now there's a story in the Bible I want to share. You probably all heard it. There's a bunch of men on a boat. They're called the disciples. And the story of Peter. And they see this man or this figure. And they think it's a ghost walking on water or in the distance. And they find out it's Jesus. And Jesus is walking on water, right? Jesus is walking on water. And what does he say to Peter? He spoke a word. He says, come. And what does Peter do? Peter gets out and he walks on water. I want you to think about that. Peter walks on water. And then what happens? He's walking to Jesus, right? He's walking to Jesus. And then he looks. Uh-oh. He sees waves coming. He sees waves coming. He sees the storms coming. The storm of life, whatever it may be that you're dealing with. He sees all that coming. And what does he do? He puts himself in the equation. 
He says, I can't walk on water. He says, I'm a human. What am I doing? And what does the scripture say next? He begins to sink. What happened? His faith, he put himself in the equation. Faith plus man equals impossible. Faith plus man equals impossible. Faith plus man equals God. He put himself in that equation and took Jesus out. But I want you to get something. He was walking on water. He was walking on water before that. So here's the thing. Faith plus God equals possible. That's the equation. And oftentimes we try to have big faith in and when God gives us a word, we're like, okay, God, I believe it. Okay. And then we start putting our, our ability. Okay, what do I have to do? How, how, can, how can my strengths do this? How can, how can I do this? How can, how can I make this possible? You can't. You put yourself in the equation, it's impossible. But faith plus God equals possible. So that's how Peter walked on water. Because he saw Jesus and his significance. He saw Jesus. And he said, faith I believe, I heard a word, I believe, and I'm receiving it because Jesus said and I'm speaking it. So he saw Jesus. Faith plus God equals possible. So let's look at Mark chapter 11, verse 20-24. Now in the morning as they passed, they saw fig trees dried up on the roots. And Peter, we're just talking about Peter, Peter again, remembering said to Jesus. And what Peter's remembering is there's a story in the Bible where Jesus sees this fig tree and it wasn't producing fruit, so Jesus cursed the fig tree. And this is what Peter is remembering. He sees that same fig tree and he says, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse is withered away. Verse 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, there it is. There it is again. Whoever is saved to this mountain, uh, whoever says to be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Now just remember, God didn't ask this to be the possible. God didn't say, hey, move this mountain and it'll be moved. He just said, say to this mountain. God didn't ask us to move the mountain. God's going to do that. He just tells us to say it and believe it. Let's go to Romans uh, 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. <clears throat> the Bible actually says that you can't hear unless you have a preacher, right? Yep, so that's why it's important to come to church so you can hear. And I'm not saying church building is the only place you can hear from God. No, you can hear from God through nature or whatever. But it's very important. That's why we go to church. And that's why we stay connected in small groups. So we can better hear from God. And I want to encourage you to keep coming and keep thriving. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So faith, our next point, faith comes by hearing. And faith is released by speaking. When you say what God says, you release faith. <clears throat> so here's the four-step process to small faith. You hear, 
believe, speak, and receive. Hear, believe, speak, receive. Hear, believe, speak, receive. So you hear the word of God, right? You hear the word. And then you have to believe it. And then you speak it and you receive it. Well, this scripture is not going to be on the screen, but I'm going to share it. This is true. So true. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So there's the four steps, right? You hear the truth of God. You hear the gospel. You hear, hey, you can be set free. Hey, your lives can be changed. Hey, you can have freedom. You hear those things. You hear the gospel. You hear the salvation call. You, you have the opportunity. You hear it first, right? You don't just get saved. You have to hear it to get saved, right? You hear it, and then you got to believe it. But right here, the scripture says you don't only believe it to receive salvation. You have to believe and then speak. You have to openly declare that you believe Jesus is Lord to be saved. Then you receive salvation. Same is true in any situation in life. You hear a word of God. You have to believe that word of God is true. And then you have to say, like it says, say to this mountain, be moved. You have to believe it's going to be moved, and then you have to say it, and then you receive. So how many times have we tried to get people to confess the word over their lives? And they resist. Oftentimes, right? They resist. They resist because they say, I can't. They resist because they say, I can't. They resist because they say, I can't. That because that's not true, though. When they say, I can't, it's not true. They resist God's promises and God's words. They're saying they can't, but that's not true because God's word is true. We know that, right? God's word is true. So you can't resist God's promises because you can't. Because you can't. Remember, we just have to remove ourselves from the equation. But the truth of the matter is, the reason they can't receive it is because they don't believe it. They don't believe it. And I think we've all been there a time too. We don't believe it. Let's a couple of examples. Let's say you have a illness. So you have an illness. I'm not say top of illness. You say you're sick. You have an illness, and you hear God. You hear God's promises. Okay, Isaiah 55. We know that scripture, right? By His shots we were healed. We are healed. It's already done. It's past tense. We are healed. That's a promise of God saying we're healed in Jesus' name, right? So we hear the word, and then we're believing. We're standing firm. We're standing firm. We're standing firm, and then we got a checkup. Ah, God, I have this illness. But you know what? I believe. Your word, your promises says that I'm healed, so I'm believing it, okay? We go to a checkup. Well, you're doing good. Your, your signs are showing up. You're, you're, you're doing a lot better. You know, you may, your checkup's really good. Praise God, praise God, right? A good report, a good doctor report. Praise God, and it encourages us, and it should encourage us. Praise God. Well, let's say you have another checkup a month later. But God says I'm going to be healed, yes. And then you go to that checkup, 
Well, you know, last month you didn't really did, but you're, you're the port showing you're decreasing. You're starting to get sick again. You know, it's not looking too good for you. What happens then? Well, God says I was going to be healed, but the doctor's saying I'm not doing too good. You're telling your family, well, I'm sick. I'm not doing good. I'm worse. I'm actually sicker. Well, when that happens, guess what? Your faith's not in God. It's in the report. Good or bad. Now, I'm not saying that when you have a report, a good report, it should encourage you. But what I'm saying is if you have the small faith to have a report in God, or have faith in God and not the report, when you have the good report, you're like, praise God, His word's standing true. Praise God, it's true. You know why that report's good? Because God says I'm healed. You get the bad report. Well, you know what? Your report may say that, but you know what God says? You're removing yourself from the equation. You are being qualified to have that small faith and receive the promises of God. Because when God says it, it's true. And we have to believe it. So even a bad or good report, don't put your faith in the report. Put your faith in God. That's an example of that in the Bible, right? Everybody's heard this story. I know they have. If you haven't, it's a great story. There's a woman who has a blood issue for 12 years, right? She's bleeding. She has an issue. And what does she do? She, she spends all her time and effort trying to get fixed, right? She spends all her money on doctors. All her money on doctors. And every single one of them says, I don't know what's wrong with you. How would that make you feel if you spent 12 years trying to get better? And the doctor, every single one of them, you spend your money, everyone says, you're sick, there's no helping you. How would that make you feel? I want you to put yourself in her shoes. Probably discouraged, right? Probably really like, down and out. I know I would. I'd be like, I spent 12 years and haven't, you know, but, you know what happens in the story? This man comes to town. He's walking, right? This man comes to town. His name is Jesus. She heard, I want you to get this, she heard what Jesus has done in other places. So there's the hearing. And then she believed, she believed that she could be healed, right? She spent 12 years and all her money on getting healed. It hasn't happened yet. So she heard and she believed that she could be healed. And then what happened? What did she say? If I can touch the hem of his garment. So she heard, believed, spoke, and then what happened? She grabbed his hem of the garment. She received healing instantly. She heard, believed, Receive, or spoke, and then receive. And what would happen if she would have not? Well, they, she, he sealed all these other people, but I didn't spend 12 years. I have no hope. That's faith in the report. But what she shows is faith in God. She removed herself from the equation. And she said, faith plus God equals possible. Amen. Let's look at Luke. Chapter 1, verse 26-38. Now this is the story of Mary. And we're going to hit on her a good bit. And it's really cool. <clears throat> so now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. 
and had him come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. She considered what manner of greeting this was. <clears throat> then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. <clears throat> he will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. This is really cool, the next verse. It's really, really cool. We all heard this scripture, right? For with God, what's the next part? Nothing is impossible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. But you study that out. The literal Greek translation actually says, For with God, nothing spoken will be impossible. For with God, nothing spoken will be impossible. And then this is cool. The next verse. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. So she heard the word of God, and she believed it. And she said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So Mary heard the word of God, and she believed the word of God. Then she spoke the word of God, and she received the promise of God into existence. Literally, think about it. She didn't have sex with her husband, Joseph. She was a virgin. She was a virgin. To get, to get pregnant without having sex, you know, that's impossible, right? With our abilities, human abilities, it's impossible. She removed herself from the equation. She said faith plus God is possible. Faith plus God equals possible. So she received the promises of God into existence. So Mary didn't do the impossible, though, right? Mary didn't do it. She believed it. She believed the impossible. Small faith, what small faith does, it agrees with God. It agrees with God. So in this instance, Mary agreed with God. She didn't have to prove the mountain. She just had to say it was mountain. God impregnated her. The Holy Spirit impregnated her. So Mary did the impossible. She believed the impossible. Small faith agrees with God. So all Mary had was a word from God. All Mary needed was a word from God. I want to tell you, church, I've been there many times. 
well, I got a word from God, right? And I'm like, okay, God, give me signs and miracles. All right, you gave me this word, now show me what's next. Show me, right? Show me. And then what? how can I do the next step? Like, what can I do? So all we need is a word from God. All we need is a word from God. And when we have that word, going back to the process, we have to believe God's promises. We have to believe it. We have to believe his word. We have to believe his word. And then we have to speak it. You know, the Bible also says the power of life and death in the tongue. Amen. You know, there's a negative side of this. I'm not really going to hit on it. So you. you can believe, like going back to the bad report, you can believe you have a bad report and believe you're sick or believe you're going to be in debt forever or believe you're never going to get better. And when you believe it, you're going to speak it. And when you speak it, you're going to receive it. Right? It's the sowing of the seeds. You reap what you sow, right? Amen, right? So we have to not do that. We have to believe God's promises and God's word because God is not a liar. He is, his word is truth. But when we put ourselves in the equation, faith plus us, yeah, it's impossible. But like I said a minute ago, uh, beginning of the message, God did not ask us to do the impossible. This is so simple that it's hard sometimes. We try to make it harder than this. Small, that's why we don't need big faith. We need small faith. Let's read Psalms 107, not 10 to 20. Then they got out to the Lord in the trouble, and he saved them out of the distress. Verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. A lot of times we want God to just do something, but really he's just going to give us a word. And then he's going to work through that. So let me ask you something, church. If Jesus showed up in this room today while I'm speaking, and he just, boop, here I am. If he shows up right now, he shows up, and he spoke a word of healing. Jesus is right here, and he said, you're going to be healed. You're going to be healed. Would you believe it? Would you believe it 100%? All right, what if Jesus showed up, and he said, you know what? You're struggling financially, but I see you. I see you giving. I see you tithing every week. I see you blessing other people. You're going to be out of debt. You're going to be financially blessed. If Jesus was to speak that to you right now, would you believe it? Yes. yes. Well, maybe you need deliverance. Maybe you're in bondage over something. If Jesus popped right here and says, you're going to be free. You're going to be set free. Those chains are going to be falling, and you're going to be set free. Would you believe it? If Jesus is right here, right now, would you believe it? Well, we'd be silly not to believe it. A man just puts out a thin air. You know? We'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? We would believe it in a heartbeat. But you know what? You know what faith is, though? It's the evidence of things not seen. Things we hope for. Guess what, though? He has already spoken a word over you. It's in his book. It's called the Bible. It's already spoken a word. All the promises of God and Christ Jesus are yes and amen. So the last scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. God has already given us a word. 
That's our job to hear the word. Not to do the impossible. How do we hear the word? As I shared earlier, we continue to go to church. We continue to small groups. We continue to listen to podcasts. We continue to listen to God through nature or whatever it may be. We listen for God. When you read the Bible, if you just read to read, you're not hearing the word of God. You have to listen for the word of God. Our job is to hear. And when we hear, maybe you're struggling financially. God, your word says, you're going to bless the giver. I'm going to continue to give. I believe if I give, I'm going to be debt free. And I'm standing on that promise today. I'm in debt. You know what? I'm going to be debt free. I believe it, and I'm speaking it, and I'm going to receive it one day. In Jesus' name. God's already given us the word. So every head bow, eyes closed. I'm not going to close the service without giving the invitation. Maybe you're here this morning. And you've heard us talk about small faith. And you never really truly, you've heard the good news because the good news was shared today. And you've probably heard the good news before, that Jesus is the Savior of the world, and that through Him you can have everlasting life. You heard it. <clears throat> maybe you haven't believed it, or you have. maybe you haven't spoken it, and haven't received salvation from the Lord. But if that's you right now, you're going to have an opportunity to openly declare and speak and receive salvation. If that's you, every head, head bowed, eyes closed, please stand. If you would like to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now is the opportunity. Now is the time. Stand up, openly declare your faith, and you will receive salvation. Maybe you're here this morning, and you got the equation mixed up. You have faith plus me equals trying to equal possible, but really equals impossible. And you need prayer to take you out of the equation and put God in that equation. If that's you for whatever reason, then after I pray, we're going to have some leaders up here. And we'd like to pray for you. And believe and stand on God's word for you in your life. And maybe you're here today and like I said, you, you, you're trying to put yourself, you, you've been wanting big faith and you, need, you just really need to simplify and put small faith into your life. And you're trying, like I said, put yourself in the equation. Like I said, we just like to pray for you. And that's you today. After I pray, the offer should be open as heavy since the song of worship. So dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you right now. We love you so much, God. We thank you that you did not ask us to do the impossible. All you ask us to do is to say to this man, move, and he'll be moved. You ask us to believe your word that you've spoken over us. Maybe you're in here and, and you need healing. The altar's going to be open. Maybe you are dealing with financial stress. The altar's going to be open. Maybe you need deliverance from any kind of sin. The altar's going to be open. God, we thank you that all we have to do is believe your word. 
And then speak your word. Continue to speak your promises. Push your yes and amen over our lives. And then we, gonna, we will receive your promises. Today, I'm the Father, the Lord, again. You are so good, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.